the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it, a friend or family member lost on it, or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello. Howdy. Welcome to this episode of Relevant Recovery Radio. We're your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Happy to be here. That's right. Coming from Allergy Central. (laughs) I'm just going to do my best today not to cough or snot on the microphone today. Yeah, please. Please don't do that. Oh, this is going on like two weeks for me. No, it's longer than that. It's insane. Because I had a little bit of the allergy thingy a week after Mm. you, and mine's already completely gone. (laughs) What's great is you got it like a day after you were like, well, I'm I'm glad (laughs) I don't have allergies. Yeah, that sucks for you. I don't get allergies. (laughs) And then God was like, boom, there you go. Here's some allergies. But God loves me more than you because I healed very quickly. I'm already all better. Yeah. It's the food and disease in your body. It just ate the allergies up immediately. Listen, heroin didn't kill me. So, like, you know, allergies, it's like, whatever. This yeah. is a Tuesday. This is easy. So, anyways, welcome to Relevant Recovery Radio. Uh, you're listening to us from KPRC AM 950 or the iHeart Radio platform. Thank you for listening. We're yeah, make sure listening. you hit that download button. Catch us. And you can follow. catch all of our yeah, past episodes, our current episodes. On the iHeart uh, app, if you click follow, uh, you'll get an email for every new episode that launches so you never miss an episode. Uh, the Relevant Recovery Radio show is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. It's a nonprofit organization, and we have a two-week detox and two-year aftercare recovery program. The detox portion is inside St. Joseph's Hospital downtown. We have a website, matthewshope.org, or a phone number. If you have any questions at all, give us a call, 844-263-4673. That's 844-AND-HOPE. So we have a cool topic today. Yeah, we are fresh back from a four-day vacation into, I guess, probably you would call it northeast Texas. Yeah. A little bit, probably about an hour east of Dallas. Um we went to a place, they call it lakes, but it's really a series of ponds. ponds. I don't know what the difference is necessarily between a lake or a pond, or if it's it really matters. It's size. right? Yeah, size. Oh, it said it was a lake. It ended up being a pond. But uh, if you listen to our podcast, there's a few weeks back where we were talking about, uh, are you too busy? Uh, and it was, we were discussing how busy our lives are and we're trying to calibrate and find that balance and so back then we decided to take this little trip that we just got back from yesterday last night in fact and we stayed at a little lakefront cabin right on the water with its own dock we took our dog and we fished for like three days and uh it had no internet no (laughs) wi-fi and our cell cell phones were literally zero bars i mean Every once in a while, you'd pop a bar for a second, and then that's it. I mean, it was just no... So we completely unplugged. Yeah, completely unplugged for four days, and I had a wonderful time. And what I want to talk about was the fishing. And I know that kind of sounds weird. Um, We're going to talk about fishing on a recovery show, but I promise, stay tuned, and we will correlate the two. (laughs) We'll weave it into the 12-step recovery world. But I had a fantastic time, because what I remember as a kid, I... I, Huh. Wait. Wait a minute. Before we go into that, I want to talk about real fast how relaxing the four days was. Yeah. And how we immediately tried to kill each other when we got home. (laughs) 
Well, what yeah. Happened? It was like springing back into frantic mode. Of I have 60 work emails and 120 group me messages and 60 text messages and missed calls. And, it's and we like, weren't home 30 minutes. And we didn't. I wouldn't say we had. I mean, it wasn't the level of cross words. It no. was just kind of like you know, a little attitudey from both of us. Yeah. But it was crazy how we were out four days. With not one I mean, crossword. Oh, it was so peaceful. So just, I loved you more than I've ever loved you for four days. Wow. And then we get back and it was weird how the environment, that's really been on my mind a lot, how just walking back into our environment seemed to trigger some sort of reaction that we were able to let go of for four days. And I think we need to look at that in, as far as like, self-responsible awareness of mm-hmm. what is that and why was it occurring and why didn't it occur when we were quote on vacation we also kind of got iffy with each other on our way out trying to leave the driveway to go to our trip and then yeah. in the driveway coming back and i just think it was the heightened uh, not anxiety but like the excitement of all that we have to do now that we're home or all that yeah. we're trying to do to get on the road and i don't think it was really you directed at me or me directed at no, you no yeah cuz in fact i think i said to you let's not speak for a little bit <laughs> yeah cuz i had to get things unpacked i wanted to unpack a certain way you wanted to unpack a certain I was way like hey words we're not going to we're going to not going to do them. the words yeah but i think that what we found out is that if we want a long marriage or good marriage, we just need to fish more. Yeah, so we're currently in the market for a lakefront property, <laughs> and I don't know how we're going to pay for it because we're going to quit our jobs and just go live there. <laughs> but I wanted to talk about fishing from many different angles uh, today. Are you going to bring up how many fish you caught? No, because you, you told me not to. Uh, you said it was boasting. Well, so I'm going to brag for you <laughs> that my wife completely outfished me. La- I mean, which is not a shocker, right? I've been fishing a few times in my life. I've caught a handful of fish. So last, I caught maybe like seven, eight fish the whole time, yeah. but you were literally in the double digits, and I mean literally up to like 30 fish, Something we like think, that. somewhere around there. You may be you know, penciling in a few there or here and there, but you were really in the high 20s But I really sure. just think that... Listen, That's a lot of fish. It was a lot of fish. I had a great time, and I really felt bad for you not catching as many. Maybe that's how we make our living. We go live on a lake, and you just make money just catching What's fish. What's that called, being like a professional angler, where I take people? You could be a guide. I, you know, yeah. Well, apparently I'm not good at it. I couldn't help you catch any fish. I caught eight. Yes, and I mean, I was teaching you how to fish and how to tie on your hook. And now, I probably could have caught more fish had I not been following you, like <laughs> dock to dock. I wanted to try all the ponds, Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. Like, there was some little bass in one and some <clears throat> black crappie in another. You're kicking our dog off of a dock. <laughs> Listen, our dog fell off the dock. He's not a fishing dog. He's, He's not. <laughs> Worst fishing dog ever. So we have an almost nine-year-old uh, Rottweiler, and he's a very good, sweet little teddy bear dog. But he thought every time you'd cast your line into the water, he thought it was his toy. And so he'd run to the edge to chase it and then almost fall off the dog. And he did fall off at one point. Off it, of one of the highest, highest docks, docks out there. It was probably, I would say, at least six you foot above the water. You didn't see it, but his little paws were trying to hold on to the oh, dock. Lord. He was trying to save himself. And it was like in slow motion. I'm like, buddy, you're going, you know. No. <laughs> it fell. was pretty great. It was pretty great. <laughs> but we're going to be talking about fishing today. Uh, we got to take a quick break, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio.
Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio with Heather and Donnie Mosier. We're talking about fishing. Yeah, two idiots with fishing poles. And how much better at fishing uh, I have gotten. Well, I was talking to my buddy yesterday, and he says that his wife is better fishing. She well, here's, usually here's him the as thing. Well. You are, I would say, newer, newish. What's mm-hmm. it called when you're new at something? Is that a novice? Or is that someone who's done something a long time? I would say I'm a novice at fishing for sure. Okay. I wasn't sure what that word meant, but it sounded Like, I got lots of nibbles, but it was like, you You know, snag them. You couldn't set your hook. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't know how to set the line, but... I was ready to get my my gun out and just shoot a few. (laughs) Here's what's cool. I grew up fishing. Like, most of my childhood was Mm -hmm. on my dad's bass boat. Mm -hmm. And so, I was going off of memories from 10 years old on which uh, bait to use, which hook to use. I could just see you as just like a snotty, bratty kid, right? On your dad's (laughs) boat. Your dad's trying to teach you how to fish, and you're just, like, angry. I was just, uh, I didn't enjoy it. Uh, When I was a bratty little kid, um, staying outside all day on a boat to fish was like torture because it lasted forever, and I was so bored, and I'd just play in the floor of the boat. Yeah. And so I was trying, but what's weird now, at 40 years old, is I fished all day, multiple days, and I didn't get tired of it. Like, it was just incredible how that's changed. Yeah, we would have stayed out longer if we could. It was pretty fantastic. So what was cool is you and I kind of sat by the fire, and we spent a lot of time together just like talking about like childhood memories Mm -hmm. and how many memories that I have with my dad and and fishing and all of these life lessons that I didn't realize he was weaving into my mind Mm. and how yes you said to me at one point you're so lucky to have that childhood all those memories with your dad I mean the man took you bass fishing a lot he bought matching motorcycles and so you could ride a motorcycle not even matching hot pink he he got a hot pink motorcycle because I wanted his to match mine, and he bought it, and we would go ride dirt bikes. Right, so he bought a super girly motorcycle <laughs> did, just that's what to I make wanted. you happy. Yeah. Uh, we were in a father-daughter bowling league when I was a kid together. I still have my pink bowling ball with my name engraved on it. Yeah. And so I just really had this like moment of gratitude around what a good childhood I did have mm-hmm. and not everybody's got that kind of story right and and just I was just so grateful for all the time my dad had spent with me and all the lessons life lessons that he tried to he instill a good in man. me he instilled the bible you instill you were an ungrateful heroin addict <laughs> yeah and still I grew up to go down the wrong path due to my own self-will yeah. And so I want to correlate. This is a show about recovery and what's relevant to recovery. And I actually think fishing is very much relevant to recovery, literal and, and metaphorically. And so I think that fishing can be like a metaphor for, for life. Oh, yeah. Um, well, it's definitely a, a metaphor for recovery. For sure. The in multiple ways. The path we today, the path of service. And so for the first thing I want to talk about, though, is like patience and perseverance, Like, fishing really does teach you patience and perseverance. Like, I remember being so impatient as a kid, which is why I hated fishing. And now, as an adult going out there, and there was chunks of time where nothing was biting, right? Right. And and so I just kept reeling or trying new spots. And then we tried different bait. We found out that where we were at, the fish and turtles loved bacon. (laughs) <laughs> they were some very bougie fish. Bougie fish, right? But we developed uh, perseverance. And I think that life is like that. Life, you're, you're not always cast in the right bait. The fish are not always biting. Things don't right. seem to go your way. And so it's like, okay, what can I alter? What can I change? What can I do to kind of assist the outcome that I'm looking for? And I think that it's important that we do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um 
I don't know. It it taught me also a lot about taking my time. Patience, yeah. That patience was the biggest one so for me. So on that, you bought that weird kind of reel that where you flip the little thingy over the top instead of just pushing the button. Yeah, I had to learn it again. And I, I use I've used them before, but I, I had to learn. I it never again. learned those, and and I didn't want one. I wanted a new push button reel, so I didn't have to deal with that because yeah. I'm lazy. Yeah. Um, but I watched you tangle that up. And and then you persevered and you untangled it. You lined it up correctly. You you just totally. And then you, that didn't happen anymore for the rest of the week. You right. figured it out. You persevered. You had the patience to deal with it. Old Donnie would have thrown the whole reel and rod in the lake and walked oh, yeah. away and said you hated fishing and you weren't doing this anymore. I'd have waited to see a fish and then I shot him with my nine millimeter. <laughs> But I think that fishing is definitely a metaphor for patience and perseverance. Well, in the recovery world, I mean, look at what we do. We're fishermen. We really are. I mean, it's the way I look at, if you want to make the metaphor for me, it's the patience to go help the new person. It's the patience and the perseverance to work toward catch and help the new person. But even before that... Even before that, you are a one-chip wonder, right? That means you got sober in a 12-step world, got one chip, you stayed sober. You didn't have this chronic relapsing in and out thing like I did. A lot it's, of- it's because God has a special place in his heart for me. <laughs> God like really loves me. Here's the thing. All of my failures helped me find a deeper surrender to this program and to God. Mm-hmm. And so I'm actually really grateful for all those embarrassing, disheartening relapses. Young lady, that could be your last <laughs> I one. I just remember that guy yelling that at me in a meeting that it could be when he, I got like, I don't know, my 20th desire chip mm-hmm. for the year. And he yelled at me that it could be my last one. And I started crying because I wanted it to be my last one. I genuinely wanted to get sober and stay sober. And I didn't know why it wasn't working. And I remember sitting back down with that chip and I just started crying because I wanted it so bad. And it wasn't my last desire chip. I, I, I would relapse more times. And I hate it when people say relapse is a part of recovery because it's technically not. It means you're not doing recovery right. <laughs> but it was it was lessons I've that always, I... I've always been on the line there. Is it or is it not? I mean, I know plenty of people that have relapsed that it's obvious to me, right? I'm outside of their bubble. I'm outside and I'm watching. And it's obvious to me that their relapse is what they needed. Right. I agree with that take on it. I just hate it when people say relapse is a part of recovery to just kind of co-sign that it's supposed to happen. It's not a part of recovery, but sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes it was necessary for the more stubborn types like me, (laughs) right? Yeah, I can get down with that. God needed to beat me into a more state of reasonableness for me to like be teachable and listen. And that's usually what happens. Yeah. And so when I when I look at that in the context of fishing, is that I was willing to try again. I was willing to try again. When we went fishing this week, Mm -hmm. I told you the whole way up there that I'm actually horrible at fishing, that I'll fish and fish and fish. My whole childhood I fished, and I really never caught anything. My dad might hook something and then let me reel it in so I could experience the excitement. That's called girl fishing. But I told you I was horrible, and then I couldn't believe that I caught fish all weekend. Yeah, more than me, way more, three times. And I just really correlate that to recovery. Uh, I, I didn't understand why I wasn't catching these fish, why I wasn't getting sober all this time. And then all of a sudden, some stuff lined up and I stayed sober and it happened and it worked. Right. And I'm like, oh, this is what it's supposed to be like. But I think some people need all of the failures to have the successes. Some people need the lessons in the failures to be more receptive, to persevere through it, to get the, the success. 
Yeah, and then once you start you start getting the success, it it, it excites you. Yeah. It gives you what you need. Yeah. Like we've seen people struggle to get sponsees in a twelve step world mm-hmm. and they get pretty beat down not getting them. And then when they get their first one it's exciting. Oh, it lights a fire. Or you know, after those twenty desire chips. Yeah. When did that fire get lit once you did get sober? What chip was it? It wasn't it wasn't even a, a chip necessarily. Like if anyone's heard my story, I had that really impactful experience my last weekend treatment with God. God please don't make me I'm hear not, it again. I'm not gonna tell the story. Oh, thank you, Lord. Uh, um but that's where the fire got lit, where I realized that was I, like a God moment. It was for you. a God moment where a fire got lit that I hadn't even completed a fifth step yet, but I had been doing all of these things that people were asking me to do for all these weeks. You finally surrendered, and I finally found my surrender, and I realized God was answering my prayers and God was doing for me what I couldn't do for myself, and it was just so exciting that there's mm-hmm. something to this twelve step life. There's something to this process if I will just do it. I, that was that. I always wonder why I relapsed all these times, right? Yeah. I had never finished the 12 steps ever. Right. And and no. by finish, you mean actually start sponsoring. Actually start sponsoring. Work right. 1 through 11 and then live in 10, 11, and 12 and consistently sponsor others. If yeah. you not, haven't done that, then you haven't done the 12 steps. Right. So many people I meet, especially in even our detox, that are very familiar with the 12-step world, I'll ask them a series of questions. Have you ever been to meetings? They have. I'll say, have you ever had a sponsor? They have. And I'll say, have you ever worked all 12 steps and sponsored others? That's the difference. Right. Right. They uh, sit down with their sponsor. They read 1 through 12, but they never actually go out they and try go, and fish for somebody. They never go somebody. fish for anybody else. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. We will be right back. Unless I die. <laughs> You're not going to die. Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. I'm your yeah. host. Heather Mosier, and in studio with me is my husband, Donnie. That's right. You're listening to us on KPRC AM 950, Sundays at 1 p.m., or you can catch all of our current and past episodes on the iHeartRadio app under Relevant Recovery Radio. Make sure you hit that download button, and we want to just tell everybody who's already done that we appreciate you. We're very grateful for our listeners. Very, very grateful. I, and we're still amazed. You're just l- listening to us listens. pontificate about yeah. random subjects like fishing and how it's similar to recovery. I mean, I always say it as a joke, like two idiots with a microphone, but they just have no clue how true it is. <laughs> well, thanks. Speak for yourself. I, I am. And you. <laughs> no, but I just really think, here's the thing. Fishing is a metaphor for life. Fishing will teach you patience. We talked about fishing mm-hmm. will teach you perseverance and not giving up. Um th- there's all sorts of things that you have to alter or change, like we did with the bait, right? Yeah, yeah. We went to the store. We bought different bait. There was some white worms they really liked. There was some pink-tailed little worms. They didn't like the green and the yellow, they but didn't. they loved the pink. They loved the pink and the white yeah. and bacon, but we had them ninja turtles that kept stealing our bacon before we could okay. get the fish. And so, okay. I felt violated. But I just I love this quote that I read that says, religion is a man sitting in church thinking about fishing. And Christianity is a man sitting at a lake fishing, thinking about God. Mm. And so I really want to look at that that idea because I felt very close to you. I felt very close to God. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. The sunsets were beautiful. And I am not a sunset uh, outdoorsy look at that sun person. Yeah, at all. I was telling a guy last night, like, 
uh, I have way too many pictures of sunrises and sunsets on the you phone are. of a man. Yeah, because you know? you're so into that. You're like, oh, look at that sunset or look at the moon. And uh, I'm like, see so it what? God's, it's God's artwork. Well, I love pretty, it. It's pretty, but it's like, whatever. Why take a picture? You're never going to look at it again. Yeah. It, the picture never comes out like it is in person when you see it in person. But I think that that's the relig- that, that quote is what I experienced for the first like 34 years of my life is that trying to like be quote religious or believe the right things um but i really didn't realize that now living in a in a spiritual way a spiritual way of life that even when i'm fishing i'm thinking about god because i'm seeing god in all in everywhere in every person that we get to help in every listener in our our audience to this show well and i want to let you know that i felt the same way while we were fishing i also felt close to me and god Wow. Yeah. And you do know now that those are two separate things, right? That you are not, in fact, God? I'm not fully convinced, but I'm learning. <laughs> I'm getting close. No, I just think that it's important to realize that we can... I did feel close to God out there. I mean, yeah. think about it. Just just the design, right? The the forest, mm-hmm. the water, the fish. The you get, you get to see a good view of an ecosystem. We heard bullfrogs, which we never hear. We, yeah, that was cool. And there was like no mosquitoes. Right, because the fish eat all the mosquito or eggs. the spiders. I don't know what which was playing a part, but I was grateful for that. But, it, you know, there's that quote that you can't go fishing while you're anchored in the desert, right? It, mm. you, you need to unanchor yourself from the desert to be able to go to the water. And it's the same in recovery. Uh, the, the ways that we're anchored in the desert is all of our self-manifested in various ways, all of our prejudice. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. see so many people who come into the 12-step world that see that it's about spirituality or the word God. And they're like, oh, screw that. I'm not doing that. Well, because they're prejudice are really just roadblocks so they have really just roadblocked themselves in they've got all these barriers around them to keep god out because of their own idea or their own belief system yeah you know i had those yes growing up up. and i had those coming into the 12-step fellowship that we're in because i saw god on the wall and it really did i was like oh but i really wanted to be sober and i didn't want to feel like committing suicide anymore i was didn't want to feel that way but I had all those barriers set up. I mean, at the end of a lot of our meetings, you say the Lord's Prayer. I didn't, I didn't, I kept my mouth shut for the first nine months. I wouldn't even say it. Yeah. Um, but I had the same prejudices coming in. It was just like, I call it a reverse prejudice. It's not really reverse. It's still a prejudice. But when right. I saw the phrase like higher power or, you know, all of this like real neutral language. What can you teach me about God? I thought, what can you people teach me about yeah. God? I grew up in the church. I know the book. I Blah, blah, blah. Um, but really, I got curious of why y'all were staying sober and I wasn't. I think that's one of the most common, common thing I see in the recovery world for people that are newly sober that are already believing. Believers, name mm-hmm. your religion, already believers, particularly a certain one. But it's very unique that we think that we're already connected to God, so therefore we don't need the 12 steps. Right, right. And that's that's a delusion, too, because if I was connected to God, he would be keeping me sober and I wouldn't be drinking or doing drugs. But, you know, part of the problem is, and we've talked about this, I've tr- talked about this with the, the men from church who I smoke cigars with, and Christianity has done some damage. Yeah, yeah. They really have. Uh, and I'm sorry to say not, that not, not the religion, as a but Christian, but men. they have done some damage to society in that... Our, the perception that society has on religion. You have the hypocrites. You have the racists from the 50s and 60s. Yeah. You have now the Christians who... 
out of a long list of sins, call out homosexuality. That's it's like one. Well, wow, all bro. All how sin about is sin. how about pride and gluttony? Because I see more of that. that right? I think I think pride is the most prevalent sin that exists. Oh Lord, I'm telling you. And and whether it's, it doesn't matter what the sin is, or we call it character defects in the twelve step world, yeah. it doesn't matter. It separates you from a connection to God. Period. But what happened to me is that somehow, and I can't explain it. In a way, I can. In a way, I cannot. Working the 12 steps cleared away enough of the wreckage of my past and enough of yeah. me, and it started to break away and chip away at my ego enough Yeah, that some of those barriers that I built, those prejudice barriers, started to come down, and I was a little more open to the idea mm-hmm. that possibly religion had something to offer. Yeah. Now, I would also argue that you and I are not religious. I would, too. That we're Christians, but we're not religious. I would I would even argue that I'm anti-religion. I'm just pro-Jesus. <laughs> well, and, and what that looks like is this. Cause, but what I mean by what, religion is the ritualistic monotony of it. Right. But what I'm saying is that over time, those barriers come down. Yeah. I'm a little more open. And when I come into the God idea thinking, I will do this God thing, but not Jesus. Right. Okay. And, and then, because I had these ideas that Christians were hypocrites, they had a lot of rules, I had to be good, I couldn't make mistakes. Yeah. Because my mind started to become open and I needed a deeper relationship with God, I see now that Christians are actually just people that admit that I'm fallible and I'm going to make yeah. mistakes. I have sin and I live with it every day. Yeah. And I only live under two commands. Love God with all my heart and treat thy neighbor as thyself. Yeah. I've got a vertical and a horizontal relationship, and that's all I have to do. And I get to admit when I'm wrong and, and be wrong. Because I think that that's the beauty of what true Christianity is. It's what I realized after I worked the steps and started really practicing my belief in my connection with God. I realized that. I may have known the book, mm-hmm. I just didn't know the author. I did not have a relationship at all with the author, and I just came in with all this prejudice, all this pride of already knowing, and it turns out I didn't know anything about practically living it. But here's the beauty. You wanted to use a fishing analogy. Mm-hmm. The fish are God, right? And I'm just trying to get to God. Yeah. And God kept... Every time, like, I, I equate my sin today, I, I don't know how to relate this, but it really makes sense to me in my messed up brain that while I'm fishing, I'm trying to catch a fish, I'm trying to catch a fish, I'm trying to catch a fish, and I'm making mistakes, right? How many times did my line get snagged, mm-hmm. or I'd get a, fush, a fish you and then lose it? You threw it into the tree more than three times that I saw. I basically made a fishing Christmas tree, right? <laughs> So I kept making mistakes, yeah. but what happened is as time went on, I got more okay with those mistakes. Yeah. I got less upset. It's just upset. part of fishing. Yes. It's just part of fishing. And as a human being, it's just, it's I'm just starting to see world. that I have defects slash sins. Mm-hmm. And the more I acknowledge it, the more I'm okay with it. Not okay with it, but the more that you're willing to be self-aware. No, when self-aware. I say okay with it. Not that, oh, it's good. It's like, oh, okay, this is something. The more humility I have. Yeah, Exactly where I have a real clear view of me and yeah. that I'm fallible, the more relaxed about it I get. Yeah. Here's the, the payoff. The more relaxed I am realizing that I am fallible, that I have sin and I have these defects and these things that are going to go on every day, yeah. the less I judge you for it, the less I judge our friends, the less I judge others yeah. 
because I have a more real view of me. It's not a deluded view where I think I'm just a great person. I've just got idiots around me. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's where I lived for 34 years. Yeah. Before the 12-step world is I'm just surrounded by idiots. I was very arrogant. I mean, I'm, I still have that as a character defect that, you know, God is sanding the abrasiveness off me through my spiritual walk. But I think that we really, it is so similar to fishing in the sense of we we keep trying to seek God. I just want that connection. I just want that connection. And so I'm willing to alter what doesn't work mm-hmm. for what does work. There you go. And learn from those mistakes. Try a different talk. Try a different bait. Try a different prayer. Try a different church. Whatever you need yep. to try to do to develop what spirituality, what a God connection means to you. It's an individual internal experience. And it's not the same for everybody on the outside. And every time I throw out that line and I make a mistake... And I get better and better at realizing and changing course, but still on the path toward God. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take one last break. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio with Heather and Donnie Mosier. We're talking about fishing, the metaphor of fishing, and how it relates to recovery. How you got to change Crappie, your bait. You got to be patient. Perch, you got to persevere. Bass. You got you to make mistakes. You caught a huge bass. I caught like a six pound black Wait, bass. No, this no, is the third time. Mount. This is the third time we told the story. So we've grown from six. It probably should be about nine pounds at this point. But that would be a lie, probably. That's how fishermen tell stories, Heather. Oh. Well, I think lying would just not be good. Mm, whatever. But I, I probably caught like 40 fish. <laughs> or 50, maybe. I mean, no. you could have started a fish market. Now, here's the thing. Here's how I really correlate fishing, because after I had worked the 12 steps, and it was time for me to practice the 12th step okay. and sponsor somebody else and give yeah. away the first 11 steps to somebody behind me, I remember- now, how difficult is that? Do I need to be a wizard nope. or a guru nope. or a learned man? Nope. You don't even need to know the book. What do you need? <laughs> An experience with the first 11 steps personally. That's it. That's and so it. That's, and that's enough. That's enough. Because I, oh, I swear it makes me insane when I hear people's excuse- Oh, I don't feel ready. I'm just not, you know, I don't know enough. And no, you're just lazy. Yeah, you're Get just, out of yourself. You're still selfish and self-centered. That's and right. I think the most selfish and self-centered thing someone could do in the 12-step world is to work the first 11 steps and then keep that gold to themselves. And they're yeah. basically saying, hey, screw everybody behind me. Thanks, thanks that my life is great, yeah. great, but I'm not going to help anybody. Hey, thank you for taking time out of your life to sit <laughs> down with to me. I'm not going to do that for anybody else. <laughs> and so that's what I ask a girl when I meet with her for the first time. There's things I go over, but I want to make sure after we finish that she will consistently agree to sponsor others and pass it on because why should I take time out of my life to pass on something to me that's just going to die with them? Now we will continue to do that because it's our path. It's our purpose. God has literally equipped us for this. I just, I always say that I'm not everybody's cup of tea. You're really not. You're my cup of tea, though. Yeah, well, thanks, boo. You're my Earl I'm not everybody's cup of tea when it comes to sponsorship, but I I have a certain kind of bait I I use. I have a certain kind of rod and reel I like to use. I I am effective, and and it's not me. It's all God. And And our bait is that book. And I remember what John Nelson told me. He said, if you follow this book and you live by it and you use it for the design for living it's intended... 
Yeah. You're not going to have a lot of friends in this 12-step fellowship, be, but you you're going to help a lot of people. You won't be the most popular, but you will help the most people. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to detract from where you were going about the tools and everything else well, and I just about think it's fishing for men. That, uh, I'm, I'm fishing for, well, women. I sponsor women, but I'm fishing for women with a, like a certain kind of bait, mm-hmm. and, and I know what I offer. Um, I know the specific Thing that I offer, and that's an experience with God with the first 11 steps. Yeah, and a, and a real connection to God. And you real. are one of those people, you're one of the few people in my life and around me that I don't ever doubt that you have a connection to your creator. I just don't. You, it's so visible, and that's what you mm-hmm. offer. I, I'm finishing up taking a guy through the steps now who's got double my time almost probably um and what he saw in me was a connection to god and that's what he wanted he wanted and that's a deeper what's so connection. powerful they always say you know what are you supposed to look for in a sponsor well they need to spiritually have what you want yeah not the yep. cool car or the right marriage or the right job they need to spiritually have what you want and they need to have had an experience with the first 11 steps okay so this person doesn't need to be a fishing guru no. they don't need to be a guide but they need that's the proper I, lures they do you need some line you you know you might need a net we didn't have a glove i had to you i had to you know use my sleeve of, yeah. of my jacket. Oh, a couple of times on shark times. fin fish. But I just think that, you know, there's that famous carpenter that says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Like, there is such a correlation. It's, it was Jesus, by the way. Yeah. I don't know Hashtag if you knew that. Jesus. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but I think that, you know, it's when, uh, I think it was Peter, he wasn't catching fish and Jesus like, hey, throw your net over. On the right, he's on the right uh, side. Yeah. And he was like, no, you don't understand, Lord. We've been doing this all night. We didn't catch anything. And he no, tell- I don't think he said Lord at that point. He's like, bro. <laughs> bro, this ain't gonna work. Yeah, right? bro. Wait a minute. trying all day. And so he just tells him to do it again. And when they did it and gathered it, it was full and they couldn't. It, they and it were- was bursting in the net. They couldn't get it in the boat. But that's my point about the power of God when it comes to helping other people when I'm fishing for women the people that say I can't get a sponsee well have you even prayed have you even asked God the moment they actually try and are sincere about it they get God. them every single time I've never seen somebody truly not be able to do it me too and I remember being so intimidated uh, just I was only two months sober when I started sponsoring other women. I was women. three, yeah. And that's how they do it in Kerrville, where I got sober. Everybody works the steps That's very how they did it in the H, son. That's how they did it. And by, by the book, by the way, uh, the yeah. whole other processes, whatever. Uh, but I was so intimidated, and I asked my sponsor, I said, well, you know, what, what if I screw her up? And she said, I wasn't that powerful. That what's going to... You can't say exactly I what can't she say said. I can't say exactly what she said because it was a curse word. But she told me I was not that powerful, that my job is to just go try, attempt to give away what she did for me. An adequate presentation. And sharing my experience seems to be adequate. It seems to be adequate. And it works 100% yeah. of the time for the people to do the 12 steps. All of them. You know? And so why do we go into this? Why do we talk about God? Why do we... Listen, well, for four or five years... Doing the steps with other men, me teaching them, right? Me now being a fishing guide and really trying to teach them how to fish. Because that's really what we're doing. When I do the 12 steps with somebody... I'm teaching someone how to be a sponsor. That's all. I'm teaching you how to fish. Yeah. And so for me doing that four and a half years, five years, just the three letters of God wasn't enough for me anymore. I've talked about this before. I needed a deeper and a meaningful relationship Mm -hmm. or I was in trouble because I was doing some pretty unsavory things in sobriety with no excuse. And so when I get, that's why we constantly talk about this because now I'm five years past that. And that deeper relationship has taken me into a spiritual walk with Christ. Right. 
And it's like when he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, it says that they immediately dropped everything and followed him. Well, in the fellowship, here's what I wanted to, my point I wanted but, but to make. But I correlate is it, it to recovery. But in the fellowship that we're in, they always want to say that there's no room for Christianity here. And I disagree because the book says multiple times, many of us go deeper into religion. Many yeah. of us go into our belief system. Yeah. Right. And for me, I think it's bottom of page 49 that says that we we are cynically dissecting spiritual beliefs when we should realize that many people that are religious are uh, having a degree of stability, usefulness and happiness that we should be seeking ourselves. Faith gives us a logical idea of what what life is all about. about. Right. And so so does fishing. Because here's the thing about recovery. If people can't get sober and I couldn't get sober, it was like I'm standing on a dock just trying to throw a rock at a fish. And people are saying, you're doing it wrong. I'm like, no, no, no. It's going to happen this time. I'm standing on the dock with a nine millimeter (laughs) just unloaded in the water. But it's like people are like, hey, Heather, you're supposed to use this pole. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't want that book. And they're like, you're, you're supposed to use this bait. No, 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 I don't need to write that inventory. Yeah. No, 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 you need to do this. No, no, I don't need to make those amends. I'm going to get sober a different way. Do you remember... We were on the dock. It was probably Tuesday. And you literally said, cast here, stand here, move to this corner, hold your pole like this. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I didn't at first, and I didn't catch anything. (laughs) But when I mimicked every move you made, I caught a fish immediately. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. And so what you're saying is when you took direction from Mm -hmm. someone who was successful, Mm -hmm. it worked. I and that's too the busy. metaphor in the 12 step. When, when we get willing to say, hey, maybe I don't know how to catch a fish. That's it. Too often in life, I have these beliefs and these ideas that I am just so believing in and so secure with that I'm not willing to take suggestion and try something that maybe doesn't make sense or I don't understand. Yeah. But when I do, when I surrender to it. It's a beautiful thing. And it, and it happens. And that's literally what happened. That's literally what happened I to you. You caught the fish. I stood and walked exactly where you did with the pole and boom, pulled a fish up almost immediately. immediately. I, I just wanted to swing the fish at you. Like I couldn't believe it. <laughs> but it was just like, I remember my dad trying to instruct me on how to set the right. line and how, and I was like, no, no, no. I was just, I wouldn't listen to him. I'm a stupid kid. I'm immature. Yeah. And I think that there's this level of maturity of being teachable. And, and today, I hope that I'm teachable, and today I see you as teachable uh, most of the time, you know? Uh, but I just really am grateful for this spiritual walk of getting to fish for other people, because I want to show them what recovery is like. We, I want to show them what a yeah. connection to God really feels like. I want to show them that they have a purpose, like God gets them sober for a reason. Like, there's people that you're supposed to fish for that I could never reach. And all these girls that I get the joy of taking through the steps, there's people that they're going to sponsor, that they're going to, that they have a message that has depth and weight that I couldn't carry. And we're out here and our nets are full and we need help. We need people to help. We need people in the rooms to help be fishers of newcomers. And we need people that are real Christians that follow those two commandments to help us fish for men. Because remember, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. Hashtag God, though. Thanks for listening.